to the Hope for the Animals podcast, sponsored by United Poultry Concerns. I'm your host, Hope Bohannock, and you can find all our past shows by going to our website, hopefortheanimalspodcast.org, and you can find my contact information there. Please reach out with any thoughts, questions, or comments, or just to say hi. So I hope you are enjoying the change of seasons and perhaps getting a little excited for the holidays. This was my third summer in the Sacramento area, Sacramento, California, where it gets to be over 100 degrees frequently for like days on end. I lived in Sonoma County before that for 30 years, my whole adult life in Sonoma County. And even though it's only two hours away, the summers are very different. Uh, Sonoma County, like the highs are in the 80s, uh, 90s is getting really hot there. Whew, it gets over 100 here in Sacramento frequently, and it's it's tough. I, uh, you know, summer's always been my favorite season, but wow, I have a new appreciation for cooler weather, and I'm so excited for this fall, really. Uh, I was so hot for so many days this summer. I'm feeling all cozy with the colder weather, getting my sweaters out, and I don't know, it's just interesting how where we live, our place in the world can make such a difference on our perspective on things. And uh, yeah, I am I am really welcoming the cooler weather. So today we are continuing our Vegan Voices series inspired by the new anthology, Vegan Voices, Essays by Inspiring Changemakers, edited by Joanne Kong, who was on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. And today we have a fantastic interview with another one of the contributing authors, Stephanie Redcross West, who is a vegan professional and has dedicated herself to mentoring others who want to start a vegan business or expand their vegan business. And she is helping to create the vegan economy. I've known Stephanie for a long time and I've loved her work and have wanted actually to have her on the podcast. So I was really thrilled to see that she was one of the contributing authors. So I wanted to have her in this series. But before we get started, I want to remind the listeners about our contest, our Vegan Voices contest that we are doing alongside this series. And for this contest, I will be giving away a copy of the Vegan Voices Anthology to a random winner on December 1st. And if you are the winner, I can send the book to you or if you like to a family member or friend as a gift on your behalf. All you have to do to enter the contest is to write a review of the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts or on social media. And this is a review of the podcast, and we call it a review because that's kind of what iTunes and Spotify calls the positive comments on a podcast is a review, but this is not a review of the book. There was a little bit of confusion about that. This is a review of the podcast. It's just saying some positive words about the podcast in the comments. And those comments can be on your listening app for the podcast, uh, on iTunes, Spotify, those kinds of things. Or if you don't listen on those apps and you listen on a website, all you have to do is just write a review, a positive comment in social media. 
And that could be going to our Facebook page, Hope for the Animals podcast Facebook page, and making a comment there on one of our posts. Or you could share one of the episodes from that Facebook page or from our website on your social media pages. So it doesn't have to be Facebook. It could be whatever social media you are connected to. You just share one of our episodes, write a little comment in support of the podcast. Any of those options work. Just be sure to copy what you wrote to me in an email so I can enter you in the contest. I'm hoping that this will motivate you, my dear listeners, to help us with the best method of marketing, and that's you, word of mouth. So I really appreciate your participation in this contest. I wish you luck, and I will announce the winner of who I will be sending a copy of the book Vegan Voices 2 in our first episode in December. Okay, so let's now get into our conversation for today. Okay, so I want to welcome our guest. Today we have Stephanie Red Cross West. And in 2009, Stephanie started developing tools, training, and support for the brave individuals who identify themselves as vegan professionals, those that are starting and running vegan businesses. And her business is called Vegan Mainstream. And she has more than 15 years of marketing experience with small businesses and Fortune 500 companies. Stephanie is a frequent speaker at VegFests and conferences and has her own boot camp series. Through these types of engagements and her day-to-day work with Vegan Mainstream, Stephanie inspires others to turn their vegan passions into successful businesses. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Oh, thank you for having me. And thanks for that wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. And we're glad to have you here with us. And I know that you've been doing this work a long time. I mean, you just started your vegan business in 2009 or around then about 12 years ago or so. So I know you've been vegan longer than that. So I'd love to hear your vegan origin story. You go way back in this movement. So uh, when did you go vegan? Why did you go vegan? Tell us what got you uh, on this path. Well, I officially went vegan in 2005. So that was my, you know, here is the year moving forward. But I would probably say I had an process of getting there, a process of discovery, a process of understanding what it meant to be vegan and how it was the perfect choice for me. So a lot of that journey really started when I was in college. It started um, really back in um, 1998, where um, I was kind of confronted with getting sick. Now, I got sick more from just foods I was eating. Um, You know, I had gotten E. coli, and at the time, we weren't sure what it was, so it had me in and out of um, the hospital at the time because it was pretty severe. But what was really kind of eye-opening for me was how disease, how infections, how things were being transmitted through our food supply it started to get me to pay attention to what I ate. It started to help me see maybe even some of the um, health benefits of paying attention to what I was eating. And it started me 
I guess, questioning what I was putting in my body for fuel and making sure that I was more in the driver's seat for those things, as opposed to, I think sometimes when we consume, when we eat, a lot of things we're doing habitual. We're doing it because of, you know, it was the way we were raised or it's because this is what you do in this environment or during these types of activities. And as I started to have that wake up call, as I started to kind of understand, I started to, you know, go along that path of exploring, you know, maybe I'll be vegetarian. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'll take these things out of my diet. And at that point, I was really more just, you know, trying to figure out where was the right place to be, what was the right, you know, in some cases, especially back then, it was like, what was the right home for me? And it really wasn't until I had moved to Connecticut at the time that I started to go to official like vegan and vegetarian meetup groups. I actually started to hang around people who we're living the lifestyle that I was interested in. And when I started to do that, what changed for me was it was no longer me just trying to like figure out what do I not do or do less of. It started to give it more meaning. And people started to help me get educated on what was happening to animals so that it took me beyond that kind of personal reflection of health, which is where I kind of started, and it started to help me understand that my choices on my plate, how it impacted animals, how it was actually hurting, how we were actually killing, how we were actually treating animals and turning a blind eye to it. And by having that opportunity to really sit down with someone and have that discussion, have that opportunity where someone walked me through labels and helped me understand like, words that I wasn't really familiar with and I wasn't even spending time reading, that what they meant, what was in my food. Because as a vegetarian, I thought I was doing good. And then I realized that the foods I was eating were really fueling the dairy industry. And when I started to understand what the dairy industry really does and how it impacts and kills animals, it really hurt me. It really hurt me to understand what animal agriculture is and how I was a part of that process. And that's when I decided to know more. I didn't want to be a part of it. And in 2005, um, I decided to go vegan. Yeah. So, so you were in business for quite a mm -hmm. while and that has uh, journeyed into or turned into your vegan marketing and consulting business. And now your business, Vegan Mainstream, helps vegan businesses to have the tools they need to succeed. Tell us about your business and what motivated you to start that business. I think it was 12 years ago now. And I don't know, maybe what were some of your biggest lessons learned, or if you had to do it all over again, would you change anything? Tell us about what you do now. So what I do now is really an opportunity for me to take my skills, the things that I've developed, you know, from growing up in an entrepreneurial family, from working in corporate America and seeing what it takes to run businesses at scale, develop teams, um, to create processes, um, and also to influence culture and be able to say, can I take what 
I'm good at? Can I take some of the things that I've been taught and can I bring it and pour that into the movement? Because the idea, at least in my mind, is that if we're moving towards, and I really shouldn't say if, as I should say as, we move towards that vegan world, as we move towards a world that no longer harms, hurts, and kills animals, what we need is we need to make sure that veganism, our ethics, our vision spreads everywhere. And that means that we need organizations, we need nonprofits, we need activists, but we also need entrepreneurs, we need freelancers, we need people who are changing the demand because the demand for products and services unfortunately keeps us in some of these horrific practices that are happening. And if we want to change that, we have to make sure that people are being innovative, that people are looking for alternative solutions for products. Um, and for me, I guess what, what I want it to be is be a part of that process, be a part of that process where we walk into a store and the standard product on the shelf, this standard product that you would purchase or the fashionable item in the room, the item that everyone wants, you know, that concept. And not to say that we're just looking for, you know, that popularity, but that idea that a vegan option is available for all the things that we need. And unfortunately, even for some of the things that we want, because if those desires and those things that people want in our society cause harm to animals, then we have to reroute that desire to something that does not. And my thought was when I started 12 years ago is, wouldn't it be cool if I could be a part of that process? Wouldn't it be cool if I could feel some of that? Wouldn't it be great if I can help someone that has an idea whether they wanna start a vegan restaurant, whether they wanna start a vegan clothing line, vegan purses, makeup, whether they want to be a coach, whether they want to blend their fitness with vegan foods. The idea is they have the skill in what they can do, but I wanted to be able to help them with the business side of things. I wanted them to be comfortable with some of the stuff that comes at running a business that makes many of us want to pull our hair out, mm -hmm. you know, like budgeting and digital marketing. And, you know, even some of the stuff we've even learned over the last year where everyone's using Zoom and going live and podcasting, all of these things are such great tools out in the world. And I wanted to make sure that those capabilities came to our vegan community and also came to individuals in a professional environment too, so that veganism wasn't just the thing that I do when I eat. It wasn't just the thing that I do on the weekends when I'm hanging out. It becomes something that can be a part of my day 24 seven pretty much because I can make sure that the decisions I'm making even in my career and my professional life can help move the movement forward. Well, it's so important. I love this work that you're doing. I think it's so important because, you know, you said something about there being a vegan option for everything. And I appreciate that. I, I want there to be a vegan version or a vegan option. But ultimately, I think what we want is for not there just to be a vegan kind of this thing, but for that thing to be vegan.
for instance, uh, I remember that there was this salad dressing that uh, they made a vegan version of it, but they had the exact same thing as the as the non you know there was there was the regular and the vegan kind and they were basically the same thing they just took out the animal products it's like well why not make it all vegan make that one kind or that one flavor vegan why do there have to be two choices you know so it's i, I think this is great that when you empower someone to be a vegan business, then they are going to create all vegan products, uh, all vegan options. And that's where we want to go. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I don't mean to suggest that we just want to have the option on the shelf. And I also don't yeah. mean to suggest that I want those other options to even exist anymore. Right. Because sure, sure. Yeah. the reality is we really want to displace them. Um, yes. I think when I was originally kind of thinking about this approach, my idea was to just make sure it was on par. Because I think when I first started in not just my business, but even when I first started as a vegan you know, it was hard to find these options. You know, they weren't, you know, they were in the place where you had to kind of like go around the corner, they're back here, you know, they're in the case where the light's blinking, right. you know, <laughs> they were just, yeah. Yeah. you know, they were just really not within reach and they were almost put in a place that they felt like they weren't, you know, weren't the option. Um, so, but I 100% agree with you, and I'm, I'm so glad you um, you mentioned that because I do believe that the first step is having some of those options. I think sure. even another step is creating new options so that we don't have to always reach back and be the vegan version of it. It's that hey, this is just taste great. Eat yeah. this, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, type of thing. Taste this, and then eventually, really. Um, removing those items from the shelves, removing those items from the store. Um, and actually, we're starting to see some of that. I think that's what's really exciting about how much the world has changed is we're starting to see people want more from the products that they're purchasing, want more from the companies that are behind these brands um, and people being very concerned about the impact that these companies and their practices have on our environment, the impact that these companies have on the practices they use, even when it comes down to things like sustainability. And also, I think it's an exciting time for businesses to think about how I think businesses can be even stronger, more profitable when we're choosing some of these, which were often considered the vegan alternatives, but often I do think they'll win out. Because for many businesses, once they get to scale, they don't use as many resources. You know, they don't cause as much damage. Um, and therefore, we have a really wonderful future in front of us of having businesses that don't have to use so much water, so many pieces of plastic, you know, so many other things to create what we need. I really think it's exciting to have kind of a lot of vegan entrepreneurs at the helms of companies because they're really looking at their businesses and making sure that we're creating an amazing future for this planet. Yeah, you're so right. And this is so important because when you have a vegan business or a vegan business owner, Yes, we're talking about the animal products and we don't want, uh, you know, harmful, uh, hurtful products that are that are hurting animals. 
But it's broader than that too. I think that it opens up to, of course, environmental issues and making better choices about uh, the you know purchases and and the impact and the resources used like you said, for in the environment. And also, you know, I hope that as well for workers and people, and I mean, you just become more sensitive and uh, aware of everything when you're vegan. It opens you up to being aware of all the impacts. And so it's going to elevate these businesses to do better in so many ways beyond just the animals. And I don't mean just the animals. Of course, the animals are very important and we do want uh, the animals to be free of suffering, uh, but there's a lot more to it as well. It's, uh, it's making the entire world better. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it's feeling that different thought. It's feeling the way of looking at things differently because yeah. a lot of what we do, which, you know, as people reflect and look back on our time um, and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe you supported um, animal agriculture. What's going to happen is this is an opportunity for us to get people to think differently about how we feed the world. We have to think differently about the packaging we get and how we put those things, you know, in the trash immediately um, and all those resources that were burned for them. And also, I think what's really interesting about these businesses, because while there's been so much focus on the food industry, because like you said, rightfully so, this is such um, a direct way to save animals. But there's also other industries that can really change the game, that can really change the way we do things. So I also want to make sure that your listeners are not just thinking that the opportunity is just in that salad dressing that we talked about, or not just in, you know, a restaurant, but the opportunity is even in things around, you know, your financial planning. I did a panel recently with some vegan um, individuals who are at help people with investing, help people with financial planning. And we were talking about where people put their funds, where mm -hmm. people, you know, put their dollars that are in the stock market and so forth. And reallocating those two businesses that align with our ethics is so important. It makes a big difference. Because if we just put it into, you know, standard S&P and so forth, we may be unconsciously fueling industries that we don't support. And that's why I think it's so important for us to really understand that from the business landscape, in a sense, there's so much opportunity for us to drive change and kind of veganize the world that we really have such great opportunity, like at this moment in time, but also such great opportunity for everyone to participate, even people who are maybe not in food services or even some of the industries that we traditionally look at when we think about vegan, you know, vegan food businesses. So you were recently featured in a newly released anthology, Vegan Voices. And this episode is part of our Vegan Voices series. We're featuring a few of the authors from that anthology. What did you write about? What was your essay about? Tell us about that. Well, my essay was really in the section where we're thinking about the vegan future. And probably what most people have probably noticed from listening to me 
um, on, um, on your podcast is I'm a big dreamer. I'm a person that looks forward and looks at the way the world could be. Mm. And then I start to create a plan to say what's my role and how I can be a part of it. And what I wanted to do in my contribution to this really kind of epic anthology that's coming out, which I really personally feel like it's such an honor to be a part of, is an opportunity to talk about, you know, dreaming of your vegan future, what that looks like, um, how to kind of take dreams and ideas and turn them from abstract concepts to actually concrete things. And what I tried to do in my essay is really give people a little bit of insight into my journey, into my experience about what it's like to dream of doing something, accomplishing something, you know, the idea that you sit down and say, you know, I want to do that. And how do you make that come about? And I talk about a story of when I was young and, um, you know, when I was really, really young, like when I was like five um, years old and how I set a dream for myself. I set a goal for myself and how I started to realize it. And one thing that it started to do for me is plant the seed that I could make my dreams come true. I could work hard and make things happen. And how, when I say that, it doesn't mean like what I dreamed is exactly the way it comes. You know, things are a little bit different. And also my five-year-old self probably could not see the wonderful life that I've had. Mm. So I wasn't, you know, in a place to, to really understand what all of it could mean. But what I want people to really take away from my essay is that as we all as vegans dream of the days when we eliminate animal agriculture, when we dream of the days where we help people get a hold of many of the foodborne diseases that are really wreaking havoc in many people's families generation after generation after generation, as we start to understand that a lot of our practices are truly just impacting our environment in just devastating ways, the idea that it's so important to continue to dream of what that future can be, but also get into the practice, the habit of understanding that dreams can come true, especially if you purposely dream. If you dream in a way where you think about what your role is, what are your actions, what are the steps that help you get there? And also what happened to me, I guess what was my big aha moment is that when I started to create that practice in my life, that I started to realize that it's important for me not only to dream big at times, but it's also important for me to understand that that dreaming process is something that not just helps me and my vision or me and my like, you know, small window into what I hope the world can be, but how it can have such a profound effect on others when you start to act on your dreams. And for me, a part of it was what I did when I was a kid, but it also translates into me starting my business. I mean, when I started my business, 
it was so long ago that, you know, there just weren't a lot of vegan businesses. There weren't a lot of vegan entrepreneurs. I mean, I used to go to VegFest and be like, let's speak or talk about starting a vegan business. And they would just shake their heads at me and say, come on, nobody's <laughs> not interested in that. Or some people gave me an opportunity and I'd have my like eight people in the audience, <laughs> which was fun. And some of those, you know, eight people have businesses today. So yeah. sometimes yeah. It, you just need time. But the idea was that, it's so important to, to make that step. And for me, being able to find a way for me to bring my career and my passion for veganism together has not only helped me align my career with my ethics, but now I get like day in and day out to work with people who want to do the same, to work with people who want to be able to help the world through their profession. You know, I get to do like training and classes and workshops and, you know, just inspire people and also help people when they're down, when they're struggling, when they're frustrated, when they feel like, especially in this last, you know, year and a half, two years, yeah. things have been really hard for businesses. One of the benefits of what I get to do is not only helping businesses understand, you know, how do we look at the bottom line? How do we restructure your business? How do we become nimble in this kind of environment? But also being a support that helps them navigate those ethical decisions that they're making as a vegan and understanding that those are important too. It's not just about the bottom line. It's about how their product impacts their community how their product or their services helps others. It's about how it impacts the movement. And by being able to have that discussion and have it on par with a discussion about net income, have it on par with a discussion about revenue and click-through rates and all those things that I love talking about on the business side, but being able to say the ethics of the business are equally important and we have to make sure that we maintain that and that we give it the attention it needs, I really feel like has created an opportunity for people to really run businesses that truly push the movement forward. So when you think back about this essay, this opportunity I had to really talk about our vegan future, to talk about what that vegan future can look like, what I was really hoping to do with my contribution is to help people not only see what I've been able to create, but to help people really believe in what they can accomplish. Not necessarily trying to be the hero of the dream, not necessarily trying to take on this major role of, you know, I'm going to go in and do this or do that. It's really the idea that we all can help support this movement. We all can do our part in moving the kind of the world forward. But a lot of it starts with all of us having dreams that we follow, having dreams that we develop, having dreams that we're willing to act on, having dreams that we share. We get on podcasts like this and talk about those dreams so that the ideas spread so that ultimately we can realize it. And I really hope that when people read um, my contribution, that they ultimately feel like they can 
create this rewarding life, this rewarding opportunity by feeling like they can contribute to a bigger dream, contribute to someone else's dream, or develop their own dreams. Because the idea is that what your vision of the future looks like, a lot of it starts with you truly understanding that A, it can happen, and maybe that's even a belief system that it can happen, but also understanding that your reality often starts with a dream, a concept, or something where you can not just imagine it, but you can almost write it down, draw it out, turn it into that tangible thing. And I just want people to not just feel like dreams are dust, you know, or water going through their fingers, but dreaming of a vegan future is truly a reality. We see it today. We see it in how much the world has changed. We can see it in how many people are starting to adapt, how many people are supporting vegan restaurants, buying vegan products, how many people are going to and supporting sanctuaries. And don't get me wrong, it's not enough yet. We need more. But when you see the sea of change that's happening, to me, that's an inspiration to help us understand that those dreams that we all had, and even for me, dreams I had 12 years ago, <laughs> I can see them coming true now. And that continues to be the inspiration so that we all can do that hard work. And I hope that this essay really helps people feel more concrete, comfortable, and confident in continuing to dream and continuing to bring about this vegan world that we all dream of. Beautifully said, and it is exciting. And I and I love uh, talking to vegans who have been in the movement a long time that have been vegan for a decade plus or two decades, because we do we see the change. I, I think that newer vegans don't really have the concept or the perception of how far we've come, <laughs> you know, uh, and it's really beautiful to see. Uh, I love that. I actually hadn't been to the grocery store. You know, I, I go to the grocery store so infrequently now because of the pandemic, I have food delivered, uh, groceries delivered. But so we went to Whole Foods, which I hadn't been to in a long time. And I couldn't believe the amount of mac and cheese options. I mean, vegan, vegan <laughs> mac and cheese options. There must have been 12 different vegan mac and cheese. I couldn't believe it. You know, so we have come so far. It used to be that there would just be one kind, maybe one vegan mac and cheese, and you'd, you'd buy it even if you didn't need it because you wanted to support them, you know? <laughs> but now there's so many. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so we will, we'll definitely put a link to the Vegan Voices anthology that was edited by Joanne Kong uh, in the show notes. So everyone can go and get a copy and read uh, Stephanie's article as well as mine, because I have an essay in there as well. So it's a, a really fantastic book. And I'm so glad that, that you're in it and telling the story of your childhood dream that has become a reality. How cool is that? So you kind of already touched on this, 
But I wonder if you wanted to expand a little bit on why you think vegans should consider aligning their careers with their vegan passions, or, or maybe, you know, if someone is thinking about that, like, well, how, or how would I do that? Well, how would I align what I do, my, uh, my talents or my work related life to connect with their vegan journey? I love talking about this topic because it's there's so many different paths forward. I think when a lot of times people hear me think about their careers, and especially since I spend a lot of time talking about vegan businesses, vegan businesses, that sometimes it even sounds like the lane or the opportunity is just being a vegan business owner. Um, but really the key here is we spend so much time in our careers. For many of us, um, the way we really associate a level of success sometimes, the way that we measure the impact we make in the world, um, for many of us, even just for basic things on you know how we just pay the bills, our career is where we put a large portion of our time. And what I want people to think about is because it is something that we tend to nurture in ourselves and becomes a great outlet for us to contribute. And also in, in this world we live in, um, you know, take care of our families, you know, pay bills and so forth. What I want people to think about is that your vegan life doesn't have to be separate from that life. Now, it doesn't have to be one in the same. It doesn't have to be, you know, all intertwined, especially the way that I've approached it. The idea that it may be a little bit in, it may be a little bit worked in, there may be opportunities. But what I want people to really make sure is that if there's an opportunity to incorporate it, they don't miss that. And sometimes that opportunity can feel even teeny tiny and small. It can feel like it's small, but I really think it can be impactful because it was impactful for me. Even when I worked in corporate America and I had become vegan, even when I did basic things like, you know, bringing in the vegan, you know, banana bread that I would make, you know, being the person that when we would go to different restaurants, we would explore newer and different restaurants for team meetings and team activities because the team wanted to make sure that there were dishes for me or, or dishes that are opportunities for me to eat. It helped the entire team get exposure to it. It helped a team of people who knew enjoyed working with me, knew my reputation, you know, I had great relationship with, it opened them up into veganism in a completely different way because I was a friend. I was a colleague. I was someone that we already had an established relationship. So them exploring something that meant a lot to me, many of them were willing to listen. Many of them were willing to dry my banana bread. Mm -hmm. And some of them were maybe just willing to try because they couldn't believe I was in the kitchen <laughs> making banana bread. <laughs> so it created really a great opportunity for me to even bring it in in a light way. But what I also want people to realize is many organizations and businesses that we work for, often they will do 
donations. They'll do match funding. Often they're looking for organizations on who they should donate um, or where they want to put their dollars. And for us to be playing an active role, letting people know that, hey, why don't we donate to this organization, which could be an animal rights organization, which could be a vegan organization, um, I think creates lanes and opportunities for us to even bring in veganism as a light touch. And then the other thing I want people to think about from their career standpoint is many of us have these like really great skills. Meaning we're amazing writers, we're amazing motivational speakers, you know, we're a person that can just organize anything. We're a person that can move the crowd. We're a person that has amazing design skills. And what I really think that there's so much opportunity from growth in our vegan movement is that if people can find a way to take those talents and apply it to the movement, the movement can move forward so much faster. We can move in so many different ways. And that's why I want people to really consider that incorporation. I don't want them to think I'm like, hey, quit your job, stop what you're doing, <laughs> go do this instead. I really want them to understand that there is a way to incorporate that in. Even in your current role, sometimes it's about taking on more vegan clients and customers. Some of it is making sure that maybe the organization you work with, do they have vegan options? You can work from the inside um, and bring in those options. And sometimes it's actually repositioning and changing your business. It's actually, if you are an entrepreneur or have ever dreamed about being an entrepreneur and you're in that stage of your life that you're like, hey, I want to make change. This is a great time to do it. Maybe you're a freelancer and you're a graphic designer. Why not support and help vegan businesses? Because doing graphic design for a vegan business is a little bit different at times for non-vegan businesses. And a lot of that has to do with the messaging that we put across. A lot of it has to do with how we show compassion. A lot of it has to do with how we do the marketing and our ethics around our marketing. So I just want people to think a little bit differently about how these two ideas can come together. Because for me, I knew I wanted to bring like marketing and business know-how into veganism. But when I first started, I didn't know how it was going to really work. I didn't know if it would 100% work. It was just my dream. But you know, you don't always know how the, the pieces of the puzzle are going to work together. And a lot of times where the opportunity is, is when we create these blended opportunities, these opportunities where the things that we're passionate about become a part of us as a whole person, I really think it creates not just opportunities for us for growth, it creates opportunity where veganism becomes closer to us. But like I mentioned earlier, it also creates these opportunities in our communities where we can be strong businesses, where people can become pillars in communities that are vegan businesses. So therefore that vegan business is hosting that 5K, you know, and therefore we make sure all the food at the 5K is vegan. You know, it, it, it allows us to really step into moments and places that might've been traditionally shoes that were filled by organizations that maybe didn't have the best intentions or weren't able to rise to the, you know, ethical levels that many of our vegan businesses are able to. So I want to just make sure that people understand that 
there's a place for growth in there. And maybe that's me, my dreamy eyed vegan business owner. You know, maybe that's just me with my entrepreneurial background. And that's the way I see the world. And I know that not everyone's going to see the world the exact same way or see that same vision the way I see it. But for some people out there, maybe a couple of people are listening to this podcast. What I want to do is just shed some light on the idea that your career can be vegan aligned. Your career, your passion, the way that you are known in the world, your expertise can actually fuel veganism forward. And sometimes it's a small window, sometimes it's a big window, but I want to make sure that people understand that the movement needs activism, needs volunteers, but we desperately need business owners, entrepreneurs, and freelancers too. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's, it's funny because sometimes people will say to me, you know, because I've been a, basically a professional animal rights activist for 30 years, and they'll say, oh, I could never be an activist. I couldn't be an activist. And what I'll often say is, yeah, but the movement needs everything, everyone. We need social media marketers and accountants and, you know, and everything, graphic design, everything that, that you mentioned. So there's so many ways to contribute. It doesn't have to be holding a sign in the street or going out leafleting or, or doing a podcast. I mean, those are very specific skills that not everyone has and not everyone feels comfortable doing, but whatever it is that you are doing could possibly and probably be applied to a vegan organization, a vegan business, supporting in some way, even if you don't go full in with a career, but you could make it your career, just like you're saying. And I, I love that. I, I tell people that all the time. Absolutely. My favorite one is a career in interior design. For a lot of the materials that we use, unfortunately, they're animal-based. And if someone goes in as an interior designer, they can go in and make that change. They can make sure that an entire building that's going to be outfitted with couches and, you know, curtains and rugs and, you know, all these things. The idea is, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to have a building that was animal free? Wouldn't it be amazing to make sure that you know, as people grow, as people design homes, you know, all of these things that create that demand in our world, the idea is that we shift that demand to an animal-free world, I think can be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Everything, even uh, tattoo artists, because yes. there is animal products in some tattoo ink. And I know there are vegan tattoo artists that, you know, only use uh, vegan ink. So it, it applies in so many areas. Yeah. So I would think that a critique or a caution maybe about what you do would be, you know, a concern that might be raised is about the vegan movement becoming too capitalistic. What do you say to that? How do you feel about that? I definitely think it's something that we have to be aware of because just like any movement, there is the ability to have individuals, there's an ability for people to try to take advantage. There's an opportunity for people to maybe not have the best intentions. I mean, there's even restaurants that have gone vegan and the only reason they're going vegan is just because of the bottom line. And we will have that in the world, but we can't let that, in my opinion, be the distraction. 
we have to remember that bigger goal, those bigger dreams, even those vegan futures that we were talking about before, is that along the way, there will be individuals, there will be activities that unfortunately are not at the level that we would hope they would be at. But we have to remember the impact that we can make by having this vegan economy. Because the idea that if I can go out and have a business, run a business, or if an individual wants to work in a vegan company or work with a company that's aligned with their vegan ethics, and the idea that the money that we make, because the reality is, you know, we all have to pay light bills, we all have to pay rent or mortgages, you know, we pay for all these gadgets and things that we have around, and many of these are necessities. I would love for people to feel like that money that they bring into their house was generated through good, that was generated through businesses, through organizations that are part of their ethics. So I think it's important for us to understand that the world that we live in right now is fueled by us paying bills. And I'd rather pay my bills with dollars that I feel like are truly a part of fueling a positive vegan movement. It's about those dollars coming into my home and I understand where they're coming from. And I think as vegans, we can all rally around that. I think as vegans, we can all get so excited about the idea that when we earn, when we have those money, those monies at our fingertips, not only can we make sure that, you know, we're paying our bills with, with money that, that comes from the right source, but we can redirect that money into even better places. We can redirect that money into nonprofits, into organizations that are making change, into businesses that want to source products, you know, from pineapples and source products from mushrooms. I mean, there's all these amazing businesses that are creating materials that we use for couches, for shoes and so forth from plant-based products. And many of those businesses need need funds to do it. And the best way for us to help make that happen is to make sure that we are bringing and distributing money in a way that encourages the growth that we need. Yeah, I agree. We live in a world where we have to have money uh, and, you know, but we have control to some degree over what money we make and what money we spend and, and how that money comes to us and goes out and we should make the best decisions we can and in both directions. It's interesting because what you're doing is it's the direction of the money coming in. And usually that's not really what we think too much about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will think about what we spend on, you know, we want to buy vegan products, we want to buy eco-friendly products, uh, you know, buy the electric car, but how that money came to us is not the part we often think about is, was that an ethical situation? The, the way the money came into our bank accounts. So that's so important as well. And I think that's what you're doing. Absolutely. And that's something I'm really passionate about and not condemning anyone who's maybe not in that position yet, yeah. but the idea is to work our way towards that. The idea is to understand that that can be our future and that can be opportunity for some of us, for many of us. And I think also the idea of all of us participating in this vegan movement in different ways, 
allows for that change. It allows for that to happen because when we have vegan CEOs, when we have vegan research or individuals in R&D, when we have individuals who are in the medical field that are vegan as well, what happens is we get to bring some of that belief system, some of that compassion, a lot of the way we see the world into those industries and hopefully begin to elevate them. We may not be able to change them completely. And some of these industries may not make it into the future because they have to drastically change. But I just think it's such a wonderful dynamic that if we start to see ourselves in roles that can change the way that money comes in, that's how that vegan kind of professional circle starts to form because it's not just us um, as consumers, but it's us as individuals who create that wealth. And we almost create a vegan wealth in our community, which I think can be amazing. Well, Stephanie, it's, it's really been a wonderful conversation. So inspiring. I ask all my guests this, and I'd like to ask you too, what gives you hope for the future? I really believe that the change that I've seen in the world so far gives me hope. The change I've even seen in myself gives me hope because it starts to allow me to see that the world can change and change for the better. And what really gets me excited about our future and excited about where we can go and what we can achieve is the idea that individuals are not just making singular decisions. Um, you know, that, okay, I want to buy this, or I'm going to buy this vegan product, or I'm going to get these vegan services. What I'm seeing in the world is that people are starting to ask questions about how things are sourced. People are starting to ask questions on, you know, what are in these labels? People are starting to ask questions and make sure that we have options, not just vegan options, but options that help people who have allergies, people who have struggled and felt like they're in fringes of society because they're not able to eat a traditional or what often we call a standard American diet um, when we talk about things here in the U.S. And what I really feel that is exciting about the way the world is changing is that we're not just approaching the world from let's just accomplish this one thing, is that we're starting to say that we no longer want to have a blind eye to the choices that I make and the impact that those choices make in the world. And as I see people become more responsible, as I see people become more accountable for those choices and those decisions, it really makes me hopeful that we'll make not only better choices in the future, but that the outcome of those choices will create the world that we all dream of. Let's hope so. I, I love that. All right. Well, Stephanie, it's been wonderful to talk to you. So inspiring. I love what you were doing. Uh, this is such a, an important, important aspect and angle on the movement. So thank you so much. And uh, I, I just appreciate you being with us today. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? 
The best way to get in touch with us is through our website. So you can always reach us through veganmainstream.com. We're on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, but I'm also on LinkedIn. And I tell a lot of people to connect with me personally because I love, love, love getting connected with others in the movement others that want to drive change. And I also love to have a little bit of personal connection with uh, my extended vegan family. So I always invite people to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Wonderful. And you do consulting and uh, all of that for anyone in, in any stage of a vegan business. So take advantage of Vegan Mainstream and Stephanie Red Cross West and all that she has to offer. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Stephanie. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the opportunity and I had an amazing time. Thank you for listening to the Hope for the Animals podcast. This episode was really thought provoking for me. It, it was really the first time I had ever thought about how we as conscious, compassionate people focus so much of our time and energy on the money we spend going to good places, buying vegan food, buying eco products for our house. I mean, that's such a primary focus of our work. But we don't put a lot of time or effort into thinking about how that money came to us, what the source of that money was, the money flowing into our lives. And is it equally as ethical is the work we're doing com contributing to a compassionate world uh, that we're trying to create with with our purchases and I think that that there's a reason for this is because that piece that piece of the money coming in it's it's harder to change it's a it's a, a, a tougher uh, thing to find that ethical work right and I just want to acknowledge that our financial security and well-being is so important. We need to be able to pay our bills. For some, others are relying on that income in our household. So, so I don't think that Stephanie or myself are suggesting that it's easy to do this or even possible for some people to be able to make those choices, to make big changes and become an entrepreneur. You know, that takes a lot of risk, a lot of privilege, and one really must be able to take those risks and be able to have uh, all kinds of things in place to be able to do that. And everyone's circumstance is different. So I just want to acknowledge that and um, say that it's, you know, this is not an easy piece <laughs> of this, you know, creating a compassionate world puzzle. So, uh, so, but, you know, like she said, even in sectors that are completely outside of, you know, any values or ethics that we hold, there are small things that you might be able to do to bring your values and your ethics into your workspace. So just kind of thinking about that. So for me, I remember 20 years ago, I had worked most of my adult life at a natural food store. I'd been there over a decade. I was a manager. It was safe and secure. And I, I actually really liked the job. But the animals were calling me. My heart was longing to do more meaningful work, and I, I wanted to dedicate 24-7 to the animals, not just my weekends. So I quit my very safe 
secure job (laughs) to go into professional animal rights work. And it was scary. It was really scary. My wages tanked. I didn't ever again have nearly the benefits or security (laughs) that I did at the natural food store. But what I gained was this sense of, of wholeness, of fulfillment that comes from knowing that every hour of my day goes to helping animals. If you have the means, if you have the safety net or the ability or the, the will, be courageous and shift your talents to benefit the animals if you can you know, in any way that you can. It doesn't necessarily have to be a full career shift, maybe volunteering. There are opportunities to help all around us, not just with activism, but so many different ways in so many different sectors. I hope that this episode inspires you to dream big, like Stephanie, dream big of a vegan economy, a vegan future with thriving, sustainable, just, equitable industry. How can we contribute to this vision? Find your way to participate and live vegan. 